Cougs House, the Houston Cougars fell to Oklahoma State 43-30 to on Saturday night. Yes, that really happened. Dana Holgerson did lose to his old program. We got to talk about that one. You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, the daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach Parker Ainsworth, here to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater, you can stop by. Please be sure to subscribe down below. That way you can play some Cougs in your newsfeed each and every day. We appreciate you making Locked On Cougs your first lesson of the day. Uh, this is actually maybe your first or second lesson. So we have two episodes out today, one of the basketball program, one of the football program. We, we appreciate you either way, whichever one you're picking, second or first. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel and get all things Houston Cougars all the time or wherever you should podcast, where you can hit subscribe. On YouTube, we're trying to do a giveaway every 250 subscribers. Next one is 1750. Hit subscribe to help us get there. That's where you found us. Make sure you also like and comment the video. Let us know you're on the way. Now, in this one, uh, let's just say if you are all footballed out, you don't want to talk about this program anymore afterwards, tell us in the comments down below, honestly, uh, on Saturday we asked you about a shouting match. Tell us if the person who shouted louder won that shouting match. Hopefully it makes more sense at the end. But today's episode is all about the football program. And after a second watch, yes, I made myself watch that game a second time on Sunday morning. Um, what happened? What went wrong? What went differently? Um than may be expected. Because again, I talk myself into a win by every Friday, right? That's how this thing's always going to go. But we do need to talk about this football game as abysmal as it was. First segment's going to be all offense. Second segment's going to be all defense. And third segment's going to be this thing of fake news that just kind of rubs me the wrong way all the way around. So let's just let's just jump on in. I guess we're going to talk about all these things that happened. The offense in the second watch um, was... About as bad as you'd expect. Houston scored, um, I believe, was it three touchdowns on the game? Um, scored three touchdowns in the game. And for what it's worth, eh, four touchdowns in the game. Eh, four, four touchdowns in the game. Um, and for what it's worth, um, they, the second half was just a, a big black hole on the offense. So they scored one late to cut it down to a one score game. If you missed the game on Saturday, I guess you should point out they open up with a interception return for a touchdown, only gave a field goal after that. And it scored a second touchdown on a giant pass to Jonah Wilson, who has been registered this year mostly. So that's why he hadn't played to the end of the season. Um, and we're up 14 to three early. Um, they forced a, uh, they, they end up getting a touchdown, giving up a touchdown, get it to 14 to 9, but then score their own touchdown and a big pass to just Manjack to make it 21 to 9, get a safety go 23 to 9. Uh, and it looks like things are rolling. With about, was it two minutes and change left in the half, Houston throws an interception that ultimately ends up being more or less a pick six. Two plays later, uh, Oklahoma State scores. It wasn't quite a pick six, obviously, but ultimately it's effectively a lot of the same kind of thing with a little bit more spent time. Um, that was kind of the that pick was kind of the end of the Houston offense uh, for a while. Again, it was twenty three to nine when the pick was thrown. Houston would not score again until late, late in the game. Um, they scored with seven and a half minutes left in the game to cut it to a one score game. Um, we'll get to how that happened on the defense side in a second, um, and that would be their only touchdown in the second half. 
Um, you'll notice I say they went from 23 to 9 to having to score to make it a one score game late because the defense gave up a whopping was the 16, 14, 33 unanswered points. Um, not great. Not great. Not great. Now, I say all that to say, I, so it's, it wasn't 33, it was 24. 24 unanswered points. Much better. No, it's not much better. Um, I said to say that this game felt like they had in hand early and the interception on the second rewatch, the second watch or the rewatch was as bad as it felt live. Um, Donovan Smith had, had a pretty clean sheet game up to that point and frankly didn't have a terrible second half game. They just couldn't catch the ball and score. Um, but he's had several moments like this in this last stretch of games. And what's frustrating is the bill on Donovan coming in was that he turned the ball over too much. He took there were too many risky passes at tech Wrong team caught the ball. In Houston, it felt like through, I don't know, halfway through the season, he kind of worked that out of his system and was just taking sacks instead. And I don't know that either one's good, but I, at least you get to hold on to the football when you take a sack, right? And now we're back to the turnover problem, and it's not great. This interception was bad. Now, some of that other great plays in this game, this interception was bad. He th- Houston had not a receiver open the area. There was a guy directly between him and where he was trying to throw the ball. There was not, this was not a tip ball. This was not a drop. Ball. It was a bad interception. Right now, he had other good plays. That was a bad interception. Um, and it really did feel like that shifted the paradigm here. I'm also interested in looking at a couple things in the offense, though, that stuck on the rewatch. Um, Boogie Johnson, game winning touchdown against West Virginia. Um, he stepped in when Manjack went down. He and Dalton Carnes kind of split duties there. Matthew, I thought he played pretty well. Matthew Golden, we find out before the Cincinnati game is out. We find out after Cincinnati game is done for the season. Um, Bears, you know, mentioning that I, in the Cincinnati game itself, uh, Boogie Johnson had four targets, which I would have thought was low, but depending on when the Matthew Golden injury got so bad, you weren't going to play. I don't know when you worked him into the game plan. Or whatever. Uh, Boogie Johnson is a high quality athlete, high talented athlete, um, gifted footwork, very fast. Transferred to Houston from Oklahoma State. I think that's why it stuck out to me on film in the second watch of this one. Um, he had no targets, no targets in the Oklahoma State game. Again, one of your fastest guys, guy you've trusted in a crucial moment before. Um, inexplicable. Like, no targets. I get if it's low targets because take them away on read plays. And those, but you can you can scheme your fast your fastest guy open. And I further am frustrated because we talked about last week that Oklahoma State is susceptible to speed. They're susceptible to stuff over the top. They're susceptible to getting beat by this. And Houston was unable to get him the ball. Now I mentioned Matthew Golden. There were a number of guys that didn't play in this game. Um, Jack Freeman, we found out, had a concussion from during the week and had to miss the game. Um, first of all, Jack, please get better. But second, Demetrius Hunter stepped in, and Pancake played really well. He had a bogus holding call early. I think he just kind of won the block too well. Um, and I would say he played pretty well. I don't think that you could put this loss on, like, the center play by any stretch. I think anything, Oklahoma State had their own handful of bad snaps, and I didn't see anything where it was obviously a missed block on the center. I always had my complaints about the guard play. If I had my complaints about the guard play this year, but the center seemed fine. Ruben Unige missed the second half, found out after the fact it looked sound like he was sick, um, and mostly the uh, reps were picked up by Shamar Habdi Lee. Um, Shamar Habdi Lee struggled. 
to say the least. Um, needed a lot of help in pass protection. Hips were closed and then open way too far at different points. If you're an office line specialist or that's your kind of game, um, not great. What's somewhat ironic is there were a lot of people saying that Nunez had too many holding penalties this season and what's going on? Can we find somebody else? And then we quickly saw you know the substitution for Nunez. Well, Nunez's got a pretty much a holding penalty or two a game. Um, I'd say mostly one, but you know that happens. Um, Hobdi Lee had a lot of trouble in pass protection, and and it really kind of put things on a swivel in the second half. So I guess you could put that one on it. But on the whole, it's November. You're going to be missing guys. It, that's just the nature of football. I understand this team is not. We've been told as deep as the Big Twelve teams, so it's going to hurt us more than it hurt the average Big Twelve team. Those things all get said. They all happen. What have you? Um, it still feels like Houston got predictable throughout the second half, running on every first down. Um, the only deep shot plays were deeper crossing routes. Nothing, you know, not a whole bunch of things being gained in advantages because, frankly, in the first half, you know, one got called uh, out of bounds because he'd stepped out before he came in bounds or whatever, but. You had deep shots on the sidelines of Sam Brown. You were trying to force here and there different spots in the first half of the game. Um, those kind of went away in the second half, but I don't get why. We talked about last week, you and I did, that Oklahoma State was susceptible to the deep ball. Now, ultimately, all those things happened, and Houston did score 30 points. And again, it wasn't a one-score game. 36 to 30, seven and a half minutes left, and they still lost. Defense had a rough night. We're going to talk about that in the second segment. But first, we're going to talk about what to do if you're having a rough night and you're studying, you're reading those research books, you're up all night, your eyes are bloodshot, you just don't know what to do. As a student, college student, U of H college student, looking for better ways to help yourself prepare for class, wouldn't it be nice if there was something to help you with those research books, those papers, those academic journals and things like that? Why don't textbooks and research papers have some sort of audio version? Wouldn't it be amazing if you could listen to it like an audiobook? And now you can, thanks to our buddies at listening.com. Listening.com is an app that can turn any academic reading into audio. It can pronounce those difficult and technical words. It can read math equations. It even knows how to skip the citations and footnotes. If you go to listening.com slash locked on, you get the first three weeks free. The new member thing is only two weeks, but if you go to listening.com slash locked on, they give you that third week as well. So go to listening.com slash locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and get studying today. Remember, listening.com slash locked on. All right, defensively, um, a lot of issues with this one. Um, 43 points is a lot. Now, I get that modern football has high scoring games, and I'm not necessarily one that says in modern scoring games, you know, you have to pitch a shot at every game to win it. Um, it's obviously easier, but it's <laughs> uh, it's not a requirement by any stretch, especially on Big 12 football. Um, hadn't been, you know, it's not the Big 12 of 2020, it's 2023, it's not the Big 12 of 2012, um, but it is still an offensive league in a lot of ways. And I think the deal to me was like, Houston had, uh, I had to look it up because I lost count. Houston had 14 missed tackles. Um, six of those directly are tied to Ollie Gordon, the Oklahoma State running back, creating missed tackles, meaning he made guys miss. The other thing I'll point out about Ollie Gordon, he's had 71 yards after contact. Now, Gordon had a pretty stellar football game. I had 189 yards on the ground. Um, that's really, really good, folks. 
they're really good. Um, had a 62 yard run, which was very impressive. Obviously, um, all those things get to be unacceptable, especially when you know on film. And we had our guest on last week from O State Daily talk about how Oklahoma State loves the gap scheme. In their bye week, they switched the gap scheme. That was what they love, love, love. 19 of their 24 runs were some version of counter or power, which are gap scheme plays, meaning that they block down and kick out for the backside pullers uh, in various fashions. Power is a little bit different. Counter is a little bit different. But in grandiose terms, gap scheme plays accounted for 19 of the 24 run plays that Ollie Gordon got the ball. That means you should have been prepared. It was obvious. It was things that were coming. It was things Houston was not ready for. Houston gave up, especially in the second half, a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff on the ground. Um, I would point out then the first half, it carried through the second half, though. The problem was actually through the air. In a team that has a decimated wide receiver room, Brennan Presley, who has had an unremarkable season before this game, was targeted 19 times at 15 catches and 189 yards of his own. Through the air. Now, Houston did keep him out of the end zone, which I guess they're counting as somewhat of a win. Um, but he had a 15 or more yard reception on three different Houston Cougar defenders. That means he get, was, we couldn't find the guy to cover him. Um, he was also open for what it's worth. He had 98 yards after the catch, which implies he had a lot of space between catching the ball and getting tackled. He did make four Houston Cougars miss per, fo- per pro football focus. Um, but Brennan Presley had a lot of space, caught the ball way too often. He is fast, but not like 4-240 fast. He is shifty, but not like Tyree Kill shifty. He's just, he's he's a slot receiver. And he's a good one, sure, but Houston made him look like an All-American. Houston made him look like an NFL player. Houston made him look like a pro bowler. Houston made him look like he's going to Canton. And I just, in the second watch, and I complained about him, about letting him open a lot on the Cougars After Dark show on, on Saturday. But in, in the second watch, it was hard to discernibly tell what Houston's adjustment was to him. It didn't look like they like, high load him with a guy down uh, boss up to press him and a guy over the top of him. It didn't look like they bracketed him. And it, I will say, I say looked like, because I know in my own coaching past trying to make mid game adjustments. Sometimes they don't work on the field. Like you are talking through them on the sideline. Right. I, I want to sympathize there a little bit, but these are you know pa- big 12 power five college football players. And it didn't look like there was a whole lot of changes being made on how to cover Brennan Presley. Now, he did not get in the end zone, I guess, right? Uh, when it comes to passing touchdowns, um, Jaden Bray caught one for them. Um, Leon Johnson caught another for them. Um, i trying to think. Ollie Gordon had a couple rushing touchdowns. Let's scroll through this one more time. And that, so that's the passing. So obviously, um, they went other directions. Those And frankly, uh, Leon Johnson, big guy, right? Big, strong guy. Um, but there needs to be some sort of a shift in that instance because, like, he's the guy beating you up and down the field. He's open every time they throw him the ball, right? Um, other things that looked poorly coached on the f- defensive side of the football, um, they had used a timeout in the first quarter to substitute because they only had 10 men on the field after a substitution, and they were going to potentially, at the time, it was a tight game, and you can't let that happen, right? You can't have just not have enough guys in the field early in the game. So they wasted timeout at that point. Now, I'm not saying that having a timeout would have kept you from throwing the interception right before halftime, 
but you might have been in less of a two-minute really kind of situation, right? You could run the ball a little bit more at that point, maybe run Donovan a little bit more at that point. Maybe you're not trying to throw the ball downfield as much. I don't, I don't know. I, I just – the timeout could have been important later. Uh, it's a poor use of a timeout. In November, definitely. Can't happen. Um, also, for what it's worth, they used the timeout for that substitution. They had two other points in the game where Houston had slow substitutions, had too many guys in the field and substitutions, and got penalized for it. Um, and we heard in the post game that Dan Hogerson said, you cannot substitute like that against a tempo team. To which I say, well, Oklahoma State didn't just become a tempo team. That's not something that just randomly happened on Saturday night. And so, so what's the breakdown there? I, I'd like more details on the breakdown there um, because... Again, you could have predicted that Oklahoma State was going to be running a tempo kind of system. You could have predicted that those kind of things were going to happen. So why are the substitution things not predetermined or pre-organized or pre-orchestrated or at least understood to avoid those kinds of penalties? Because they happen sometimes at points where like giving up five or ten yards there is crucial. Getting an extra down there is crucial. Right now, I, I know I'm ragging on coaching. That's kind of out of my character as someone who's coached a lot of high school ball to, to rag on coaching. Um, but I, I there are athletes in this defense. There are good athletes in the secondary. Houston's got great defensive linemen. And frankly, well, I've dogged the linebacker some, like Malik Robinson, Traylon, Plain, Traylon Payne played well. And so I just, I don't know how, I don't know how else to say that Houston gave up their 43 points that they did. Um, obviously, you could say, like, players need to make plays and make tackles and Ollie Gordon, Gordon and not give up the 70 yards after contact, right? Or, you know, we had guys assigned to Brendan Presley. He needs to not be open 19 times, right? Yes, but schematically, you also need to make sure you count for, hey, we can have two guys at Ollie Gordon to tackle him. Hey, we got to make sure we have a high-low on Brandon Presley if it doesn't open so much. we gave, we got to bracket him and force him to run these specific or something. Something's got to be different there. It was a bad, bad defensive game. And for what it's worth, again, Houston put up 30 points. They got cut it to 30 to 36. Seven and a half minutes left. You need a drive. You, you need to get a stop. You need one drive. Instead, they allowed a um, Ollie Gordon touchdown. At the end of a 10-play, 78-yard, five-minute drive to follow. Again, it was a one-score game before that. Then they let a 10-play, 78-yard, five-minute drive happen to essentially ice the game. And that just can't happen. Now, if you're tired of losing and you'd like to go win, let's talk a little bit about where you can go in at FanDuel because FanDuel is America's number one sports book and this football season, they've got a new customer deal where if you put $5 down on a bonus bet and you uh, $5 down on a money line bet and you win, you get $150 back in a bonus bet. That's $150 back. If your team wins on the money line, UCF game this weekend, money line is set at Houston plus 400. So if you think Houston can beat central Florida, you put $5 down on that. Houston wins. Regardless of guess, if if Houston wins, you get the money back, the plus 400, and you also get $150 back in bonus bets. The spread is listed in this one at 13.5, over under set at 60.5. I will obviously, as always, talk myself into Houston by Friday. Don't be surprised when I'm talking myself into Houston by Friday. Central Florida is a weird team. 
UCF is another American Athletic Conference team, Battle for Space City, all that kind of stuff. But if you're feeling less optimistic about that one, head to basketball. They got Houston heading to the Final Four at plus 500, also a great spot to look. Now, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get on the action. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, so I want to talk in the last segment here about some fake news, I think, question mark, from Friday night, from Saturday night. Um, Dana Hogerson, you know, he's not everyone's favorite guy. Um, people comment on my videos every day, fire Dana. I think people turn off my videos because I don't spend them for 30, I just don't just spend 30 minutes a day talk, saying fire Dana, fire Dana, fire Dana, over and over again for 30 minutes. I think people really want that content. I'm just not going to be that guy. Um, I really tell you more what I think is going to happen, and I don't think he's getting fired. But I will say, if you're looking for ways for Houston to move on and change football coaches, one way would be for a legitimate shouting match with the fans to have happened. And on Saturday night, um, fans tweeted that after having yelled different things about Dana over the course of the last quarter plus of the game, um, that Dana had walked over to the student section and gotten a shouting match with them. And there was a picture of a different person, a Houston Cougar football paraphernalia on the field talking to the crowd. And that was the picture tied to the tweet. Um, in the post game, I think it was Duarte asked him, uh, Dana, you any comment on this? I give you a heads up. This is out there. He said, I didn't talk to them. I don't know what you're talking about. I walked over to them and said something like, thanks for coming out or something and walked back. And like, I think some players might've walked over there and, and said something you know, snarky or whatever. But I don't think there was anything too crazy complicated there. Houston officials said something to the same effect. Um, there has been no actual video release of this happening. I even screenshot a guy on Twitter. It looks like might be filming what's happening with his phone. And I was like, if this guy has video, you know, you should probably let it out because Right now, this is all just hearsay. Um, and then I also said, like, hey, if that's you with the video. And if you hear this now, if you want to come on and talk about what you actually videoed, I, I guess you can talk on the show about it. Why not? Thanksgiving week, we all get a little extra time. Come on and talk about it. Um, and then, honestly, the fake news part of this is, I think, the part that's ickiest to me. And some handful of funny meme accounts, like putting out videos of different things. One put out a video of Houston Texan football coach Bill O'Brien. Uh, walking off the field with Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, they're both in red jerseys. Um, so it looks somewhat like these scooters. Walking off the field, and you see Bill O'Brien turn on snap back at a fan. I think what's the video is like 2019, right? Um, and started circulating that that was Holgerson. So much so that I had people DMing the video to me saying that that was the video of Holgerson snapping, right? Um and then I retweet the video saying, this is clearly Bill O'Brien. That's clearly DeAndre um, Hopkins. That's clearly Deshaun Watson. Like, this is bogus. Like, oh, it's a meme. It's a, like, no, what's happening is they're tweeting that out quickly without even paying attention. Other people see the red jersey and do the exact same thing because it's the same kind of uniform, helmet, jersey, et cetera, that Houston had on on Saturday. And people aren't thinking and running with this. And I want to start off first of all by saying like, that's bogus. Like adding fuel to the fake news fire is bogus. Like, like that's, that's not just being bad fans being bad on the internet, right? Like that's intentionally misleading people. That's bad. Right. It's not a meme because it, it's not like 
it, it's clearly f- adding gasoline to this fire. People saying something is already happening that again in 2023, I need video evidence say it's happening. Um, we've seen what people can do with AI and photos. I need video evidence to like show that it happened, you know, or else I can't buy that it happened. The second thing I'll say though, is that while I think that's horribly icky <laughs> to say the least, I keep using the word icky to not have to go stronger than that. I will say, and perhaps the more telling thing about it all is that it was unfortunately fairly believable. Dana can be a hothead. Dana can let things fly. Dana is a guy that, when his emotions get the best of him, is a Red Bull-fueled rage in a lot of ways, right? Um, And so, like, this feels like someone latched on something that could have happened, tweeted about it, sent it out. Someone else tweeted, oh, here's a video of something that could look kind of like that, tweeted it out, sent it out. And like the repercussions are like people are buying that that's actually people are believing that that's what happened. And um, a again, that's icky. But B, that is believable is probably also a problem, right? Like at the end of the day, the, the thought that this is a believable storyline is probably also not a great sign. Now, I don't think you can fire someone for fake news. I'm not that guy. Um, this is a a weird like set of people unless unless a, a video actually comes out i don't think you can buy any of this because there were people walking with dana off the like officials from the university of houston walking with dana off the field and players around it all like this is not something people are, are putting any truth behind but it's probably not great that um that it, that's something that people would believe it's also not great that people are like talking about what's going to happen, who's going to have what job and this kind of the other thing I mentioned several times. I think it's the big change coming a defense coordinator. Um, we'll talk about more as the offseason approaches, but um, Birch is a young Dana guy. Dana likes him a lot. They just hired Nagabi on the offensive side of the ball. That's kind of the triumvirate calling plays on offense. There's not really an offensive coordinator technically. So I don't think there's a big offensive change coming. Right. Um, they just don't. Uh, we can talk at some other point when the offseason content comes about what should or shouldn't happen, but I just don't think there will happen anything to that end. And on defense, defense gives up a lot of points. As I point out in Oklahoma State, I could argue they're pretty poorly coached different games. They get 41 points Kansas State. Uh, they get 49 points to Texas Tech, right? Uh, gave up a lot of points to TCU as well. They gave a lot of points across the board. They gave up 28 straight to right to open the game, right? Like those kinds of moments are not great. Um, and as, you know, they have a coordinator outside the ball and things have not looked great, I think it's easy to see and argue that the big change will be on that side, um, for better or for worse. I think you saw uh, a defensive captain, no comment, some questions in the uh, post-game commentary. You saw a guy that just transferred in talking about see you later. Um, you know, those kind of, like... I, I think that those are the things that are coming. That's the smoke I'm reading, not some fake news tweet nonsense. Um, if you got other things, or you're the guy with the video that has a video that we haven't seen yet, tell us in the comments down below. Be happy to talk to you about it. But all thanks to you, Cougars. You want a happier episode. We also have a full episode on basketball winning out right now. So make sure you go check that one out as well. Thank you all so much for listening today. Locked on Cougs, Prime Member, Locked on Podcast Network. That means your team, our Cougs, every day. Go Cooks.